0: All right, and we're recording. So tonight's guest is John Valentine. John, thank you so much for coming on tonight.
1: Yeah, of course, man. Thanks for having me on, brother. It's uh it's been a while, so it's it's uh, always good to chat with old friends, uh Rangemaster alumni, especially. So thanks for thanks for inviting me, brother.
0: Man, so cool, so freaking cool. Um, I remember meeting you, John. Um, at the uh it was the Rangemaster instructor development course 2019. Uh we went out to Hot Springs and uh Ed Monk was the AI for Tom that weekend. Um, uh, Let's see. There was a Lynn Givens was there as well. Oh, she's a powerhouse in her own in her own right, too. It's pretty awesome. And so, you know, I met you and I met a lot of the other guys and it was just it was an amazing time. Yeah, it was excellent. Um, I think you were one of the first serious practitioners that I had ever met that that ran from appendix. Mm -hmm. And. At the time, that really got me interested in, you know, Appendix Carry, even as a big dude. Yeah. So it was pretty interesting. Yeah. So you're doing a lot of really big things right now. Um, uh, the Combatives Association, uh, the uh, the Combative Summit. Um, I'm seeing you, like, uh, you know, at a TACCon regularly. Uh, man, it's, it's just really cool. But well, I want to hear your origin story because... Um, every superhero has an origin story. So <laughs> yeah. Like what um, got you into all of this? Like, how did you get here? <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, it's um you know, I I forget where I heard it from, but like the, the hero's origin and the and the villain's origin is the same. It's just it is just pain and what they decided to do with it. Uh, so I, I grew up in the South Bronx and I've been you know victimized and, and brutalized and pretty much every way that you can uh you know most ways that people you know think about and or or can kind of take with that and um you know growing up especially in the 90s that was kind of like the tail end of the crack epidemic so it was like it was just like a rough time i think at that time it was like the highest murder rate in new york city so you know as far as uh drive-by shootings schools of metal detectors uh Getting stabbed, shot at, all those things. Like, you know, those are those are things that are like a, a a part of my childhood. And so, um, you know, I grew up in a single mom house, so it, it's you know all, all the things that have come with the territory with that um, inner city. It, it's just like, yeah, that was that was I lived that life. And um, one of the things I wanted to do as I, as I became an adult was kind of become the kind of person that I wanted to be. Um, I wanted around me as a kid to keep me safe. So, so that so those are the things that pursued a lot of uh, how I approached the self defense world is like what would I want for me? Um, I, I was essentially trying to scratch my own itch, and and I thought about it and I was like, man, I want a guy who is a, a military, former military guy who who uh, wants to jump out of planes and fight and do guns and a lot of like the action hero stuff, right? Like, th- those are the people I grew up looking up to, and those that, that, are the kind of people I want to grow up. So, um, I Took martial arts as a kid, um, started from there. I, I did kind of like the traditional stuff, and then when I was a teen, I became a. I started boxing, did that for a couple years before joining the army, and in the army, I got introduced to grappling. And um, you know, the funny thing about that was, I got I got into a fight in basic. So, so it was like we all do, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I didn't realize like that was, uh, but I was the first one to get into a fight. So it was like <laughs> that whole thing of like, uh, you know, you're the number one guy, so we're gonna make the example out of you. um yeah. So when combatives Day came, my, my drill sergeant was like looking in the crowd of soldiers and like was like, you, so come here. So he put me in the middle, and you know, I was getting kind of, I was getting wrecked by this one guy. We were doing uh d- like the live ground grappling, and I somehow just kind of. I guess, uh, outlasted him and got, got on top and then was able to get an arm bar finish. Right. And I was like, wow, I really like that. That was awesome. And so I kept on like trying to find what that was. Um, and I found a guy named Andy Curtis, um, who was retired or, or excuse me, he was a, he was an active green beret. And I started training with him, started grappling with him and, um, and then doing everything kind of in context with fighting. Cause it, it, this was, this is like the 2004, this early 2000s era. So this is like when jiu-jitsu was very, very focused on MMA fighting. It wasn't really UFC. Yeah, yeah you, you couldn't really make a living just doing grappling at that time. So everything was like advanced jiu-jitsu was jiu-jitsu with strikes fighting MMA, basically. And um, so that's where I that's where my focus was with uh, starting uh, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and MMA. Um i ended up fighting boxing fought MMA started training in earnest in like 2007. Um, that's when I was able, I guess, uh, had the access to jujitsu that is that you don't really see today. Like now you could throw a rock and hit a black belt back then. It's like somebody showed up with a blue belt. It's like, Whoa, who is this guy? Right. So, um, and, uh, yeah, so finally got, got serious 2007, kept on training. Um, I got out the army in 2012 and, uh, And that at that time, we went back to New York City, uh, back to my home of record. And Hurricane Sandy hits a few months after we get there. So, you know, we had the riots, uh, not really necessarily riots, but uh, power outages that led to a lot of looting and floods. So and also there was like a shortage of supplies with um, gas, food, all these things. And my family were like, hey, John, you were in the army. What do we do? And in my mind, I'm like, I don't know. So, so I did the only thing I remember doing was just kind of delegating it was like, hey, you guys go get batteries, you guys go get food, uh, we're going to drive up to Connecticut, go get gas and go get some other, you know, supplies we need. And, um, you know, and, and it really left an impact on me because I saw at the gas station, somebody uh, pull, uh, pull a shotgun on somebody just for cutting them in line. And, and I didn't have any, any, um, uh, Formal CCW training or anything like that. I didn't have a concealed carry license or anything like that. I'd been a soldier since I was 18. So I knew my I was familiar with rifles. But as far as the domestic gun laws um and carrying domestically and safely, I knew nothing about that. So at that point, I was like, man, had that been me or, or something like that, I don't know what I would have done. And and I'm at this time a, a combat veteran, right? a, a, a jujitsu purple belt compet- competition, all these kind of cool things that guys would want to have. But at that moment I realized like, man, if someone pulls a gun on me and I'm not ready for it, I, I'm essentially, I, I would be, I would be power. I would be just as powerless as that guy if it was me. Um, so that left a, that left an impression on me. So that's, it, it got me involved and interested in the self-defense side of things in terms of myself. And then coming into the space with a, a background in, in combatives and grappling, I was, I asked the question of like, what does that look like to get into some kind of fist fight and have a pistol on you? Like what, what, what kind of, like, how does that change things? And just from asking that question, it kind of just brought me to where I am today.
0: Man, that sounds pretty awesome. So it's, um, so, of course, that would bring you to like Tom Gibbons class, his instructor development course. Um, where else did they take you? Did they take you with, you know, any other grapple
1: guys? Uh, well, so first thing I started was um, I, I joined a, a kind of a national readiness network. So I, I came into this space out of preparedness, right? Just kind of like prepper for lack of a better word. And yeah. uh, the guy who was running it was a was a retired Green Beret. And so I asked him the question and I was like, Hey, how do I do this? How do, is there some type of a concealed carry combatives program that I could go take? And, um, you know, he was like, well, he's like, I know how to fight and I know how to shoot, but I I can't really teach those things. So he, and he tells me that I have a better credential than he does to create a program like that. And, um, that's not something I really accepted for myself. I knew there was, I, I knew there was so many things I didn't know. So the yeah. first thing I did was like, well, who, who would know how to do this? And the only person I could think of was, uh, Matt Larson who created the army combatist program. I was like, man, if there's anybody out there who would know it'd be a guy who's a ranger martial artist, and, and created this program. So I got on Google because, um, Facebook at the time was, or even now it, it's, um, people, people give social media a lot, of, a lot of slack, but you can have so much access to so many experts. So the first thing I did was Google him so I could try to find him online and ask him some questions. And, um, the yeah. way things work, I mean, the, the way God works is yeah ha- I found his gym and I was living in Northern Virginia at the time. His gym was 10 minutes from my house. So I was like, Oh, wow. So that's, so I was, uh, so I went and went, talked to him, told him about it. And he was like, well, not only did he answer my questions, he, uh, he offered me a job to work for him. So I ended up, working directly like doing like a a, a two or three year apprenticeship under him where he was like look like you know a lot about jujitsu but you don't really know a lot about fighting and and at the time i kind of like laughed it off like whatever man but you know he was exactly right um again right so many things that i did not know uh, about fighting about shooting about compensating for when when uh when there's proximity involved and um So, yeah, I spent two years working with him. Uh, That led to um, a brief stint working with uh, some other companies, some other veteran-owned companies, and um, eventually with Green Ops. And um, then uh, I also worked with uh, what's called Defensive Shooting Academy out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. So the gentleman who runs that is uh, Marshall Luton. And Marshall, he recommended, he's like, look, um, you know, because I had now – being involved, this is now what 2016, 20, uh, 2017. So five years of this, and I'm talking about what I'm doing on, on the internet. And and so I have people coming and asking me real questions. And Marshall, his recommendation was like, look, John, if you want to be serious about this, then you need to go and train with Tom Gibbons. Um, so and the, I heard about the program, I heard about that. It's it wasn't like the NRA stuff where it's like an outcome driven, like you pay your money, you get your cert. Um, like you pay your money and you may not get it. If you're not good enough, you're not going to get it. So I ended up moving to San Antonio and meeting Tim, Tim Reedy. And so I had Tim Reedy giving me private coaching there. And from there, after a year or so of private coaching with Tim, I signed up for range master, uh, ended up training with, uh, Craig Douglas doing uh, EWO first, the edge weapons overview. Um, Jerry Wetzel, uh, Cliff Byerly lives in San Antonio, so I'd, I'd go to his house regularly. He's a—he's not only a coach and a mentor, but now I, I consider him a friend, a uh, family friend, also, and um, and, and just just opened my world up. I just didn't realize I, I was—you know—I just I kind of became hooked on this because I, I'm just—I um, I guess I'm kind of obsessive as far as, and and a bit compulsive. That's that's the way my personality is. Like if I do something, I want to do it to the best of my ability. And so I was spending a lot of money driving everywhere, uh, using every connection I could to, to get and in, get into classes, train with Jerry Wetzel. I, I think like within a year and a half or so, I, I got, I, I logged in like 400 hours of training. So, yeah, that's solid. so yeah. it was like, yeah, kind of ridiculous, you know? And, um, yeah. And so. Um, I don't recommend people do that. That's totally unnecessary. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a stacked freaking resume, like, yeah. you know, Craig Douglas, Tim Reedy, freaking like these guys are powerhouses, man. Yeah. Um, so, um, the, uh, oh boy. So yeah, around 400 hours or so. Yeah. That's a lot over a, night, a year. And a- I found, I found myself going through like training tears and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um. There's no way I can recommend that for anybody. Um, For most people, I would recommend just find somebody that's local to you that has goals that are very similar to yours and just kind of, you know, you know, do whatever you can to spend as much time with those guys as possible, you know, and just trying to learn that system. Um, So you're doing a whole lot with Combatives Association right now. Like, can you tell me a little bit about like, did you create that company or? Like, did you, you know, just, just get on board with the team or tell me a little bit more about
1: it, please. So it it was, it was an organic thing. It it wasn't, I I never, truth be told, it it totally started as a Facebook group. That's it. That was just like a Facebook group. And I was, I I just wanted to, I, I was frustrated with a lot of what I saw. Like if you follow hashtag combatives on social media, you'll, you'll find very like only sprinkled in there is like good things like even then right like um this is as somebody with their ear to the ground invested in this kind of work and this field of study i didn't find out about craig douglas until 2019 so so between 2012 and 2019 I that's how long it took me to find out about craig douglas wow yeah and um because there's just so much out there right there there, it's just a lot of it, for, for lack of a better understanding is I'm not taking a shot at anybody specific. I'm just saying in general, just my assessment of what I saw with combatives training at large was a lot of it was just weird Kung Fu or, or weird knife stuff. And then someone would, would inter would, would sprinkle in some kind of like live fire stuff in between. And, and just a, kind of a lot of techniques done out of context, because one of the things that, seems to go over people's head is that degree of force is still applies. Even if you're in a fight, that, that idea that you need to use force that is appropriate and minimal to the threat that doesn't go away just because you're in a fight. And, um, so I saw a lot of things and, and also the presentation of, of force against, you know, an external resistance that that's still, you're still doing that against a lethal threat. So the idea that you're just going to smack, come out and draw and you're going to be totally fine. I mean, that's kind of absurd. Once you kind of lay things out, as far as I like, once you take in the totality of the circumstances of, of the of that kind of tactical situation, um, a lot of it was just silly. It was just silly. And so we started As Association. And by we, I meant uh, uh, myself, uh, Matt Larson. uh um, Ben Albin, Redbeard, Combatives, and Cliff Byerly, and, and we just kind of just like we just wanted to talk about how to properly train for this for the entangled fight, and and just talk about best practices, a a, a pragmatic approach, and just how things play out, and how even someone with um, a high degree of skill they may not necessarily win that fight the way they think there is right it's like that the idea of a reactionary deficit and disproportionate armament right that you don't understand when you're going to be approached that the the day chooses you essentially yeah and and also that the way people deal with with a verbal assault right like you know like we run scenarios and we'll be like hey uh, i want you to come and you know like let's say i grabbed you for a scenario and i say hey Walk up to this guy and say, "Hey, did you just call me some kind of racial slur?" That will take people back and put them on their heels. So just something verbally, and you, and you can and and that successful verbal attack can really put them on the defensive to where a physical attack following up is very very successful. And that's something a lot of people don't understand that the idea of um, how how language plays a, a large part. Um, in terms of, uh, of violent assaults, in terms of, uh, criminal assaults and, um, and also kind of is a difference between a successful and unsuccessful. So, and, uh, so as far yes. as that, that that's, that's where Combatters association came from and it ended up drawing some other world-class experts. Like, uh, that's how I started talking with Craig Douglas was, was online through Facebook through the combat association, uh, Cecil Birch, um, Paul Sharp, Um, Then more people came in like Annette Evans, um, just, just kind of like a, a, just a who's who, as far as uh, experts have been for like the last 10, 20, 30 years. And, um, and it, and it led to where we were able like, Hey, what do you guys think of just all getting together over a weekend and and running some kind of training? Not necessarily like a course, but you know, it's tapas. Right. It's, it's an appetizer. Everybody gets to kind of <laughs> see a little bit of what's everybody doing. And we get to observe each other as as peers and um, and really open this thing up. And, and everybody was thrilled by the idea. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, was successful. I mean, and it was successful not because of me. It was successful because of of, of us collectively who are interested in, in the body of work. And um, so it was it was certainly a, a group effort by people who did not need me and um, but, but they were, they were happy or are they, I'm a, I'm humbled that they put their trust in me to put it together.
0: Man, that sounds like it was a really fun time. Yeah. Um, I want to get out to one at some point. So.
1: Oh, dad, I gotta, I'll definitely get you out. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I um let's see. So as far as like, uh, man, I'll tell you what, you've been really, really successful at finding just really really uh high level like subject matter experts and surrounding yourself with an excellent team dude like just the names that you named off like like Paul Sharp and Cecil Birch and Annette Evans yeah. like that's pretty badass man um so for someone that's just now getting into this space like how do i know where to go to for quality education versus finding like the nearest mick
1: dojo well, um, that's, there's not really a small answer to that. Right. I mean, uh, there, and also it may not be, um, you know, I, I'd really take a, a different approach. If, if someone is like, Hey, cause like there's two ways to answer that question. The question could be, Hey, how do I make myself more capable, more prepared for kind of some kind of a self-defense encounter? And typically, I'm not going to tell people to train with me. I, I, if they ask me that question, the first thing I'll be like, "Well, like, do you have uh, nagging aches and pains? Are you sleeping well? Is your is your diet away? Are you as strong as you feel like you can be?" And you know, usually, like most Americans, the answer will be no. And I'll be like, "Well, I, I would solve that first. I mean, because like you're, the most likely situation you're going to find yourself that's life threatening is going to be health related." And, um, that, yeah. that's going to be your, your main problem. So I, I'm typically going to tell people, Hey, you know, carry every day, make sure you carry and you, and you're doing, um, you have some kind of something that satisfies you as far as safety goes, right. Some kind of, yeah. um, it's efficient. You, you can, you can draw quickly and, and you can do it every day. That That's pretty much it. And then you get into some kind of strength training program. I, I'm not going to tell you like, Hey, you need to, there, there's a large difference between the standard for an instructor that is kind of like there, there really isn't. It's just like, you've never arrived. You're always just trying to chase the next peak. And then there's a standard for kind of someone just want to make this part of that. They want to add this to their current lifestyle. That's a whole different thing. Like, you, you know, 10 minutes of dry fire is plenty for the, for most people. Um, as far as most situations, if you dry fire a little bit, work out, you do some strength training, barbell strength training, like three times a week. That's plenty good for most situations you're going to deal with. You're going to be healthier and you'll at least be more durable to where if you like, you know, Hey, I'm lifting. I I've overcome myself and now I'm looking at, can I overcome someone else now? It's like, okay, so now you're durable enough to where we can recommend you to go to some kind of martial arts training. If you're an, an older, older guy or older gal and like you've never trained before, uh, I'm going to tell you, Look up somebody in MMA and fitness, some type of one of those things, something that's modern, and start with some private lessons. You know, so don't go out roll with it with the general gen pop just yet because you just never know. As far as people's a, a ability to um, adjust their intensity, right? Some people they get they get compulsive and they just kind of go and they're not really thinking about it. It's just it's it's natural. So we going not we're not going to fault those people. It's just that it t- it's a process of learning to understand your body and controlling your pace. Um, So I'm going to tell you, start with some private lessons first. Um, If like, Hey, I'm looking to to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. hundred percent. Go do some, do some MMA, uh, do some boxing, something, something modern, something you see within modern combat sports. That's going to be great for you. There's not too many places that I wouldn't recommend. If, if it's a, if one, if it's a, Element that's comprised in something in modern mixed martial arts uh, competition, it's likely going to be real. It's likely going to get you fit and it's likely going to give you everything, most of what you need in terms of uh, personal defense and safety. Um, And the other thing I'll say about that is just like firearms training, there's limits. Boxing has limits. Jiu-jitsu has limits. All training has some kind of limits because they're, they're every training method. there is Everything has a training method. Boxing is punches. So clearly there's no double leg defense takedown. Uh, jiu-jitsu is live ground grappling. So the takedowns aren't great. The clinch work isn't that great. Uh, or it's um, kind of dis, dis, uh, disconnected with stand-up grappling. And, and And so on. Everything has degrees of artificiality and degrees that they're just not good at. So it's like so There, as far as those kind of circumstances or or conversations that revolve around like, well, you won't be ready for this if you do this one thing. It's just like, look, whatever you're doing, it's going to be better than nothing. So like, you know, give yourself most of what I tell people is is um, a lot about showing themselves grace with just adding doing something. It's perfectly fine. If you're, if you're doing lightsaber fighting, that's cool. And you're doing something for movement. You're doing something for fitness. I, I'm not going to, uh, I, I think people, when they look for my advice, they deserve a lot more than my bias. So that's what I try to do. I try to give them something that's going to help them and, and tools that are going to be useful across, uh, across their life. Not necessarily mine. Is that, did that answer your question? I'm sorry. I know that was a bit, bit long. No,
0: that was beautiful. Like, um, and I especially like what you said about, you know, when people ask your advice, they deserve more than your bias. Like that is amazing, and I'm gonna write that down. Like I'm gonna be taking, been taking a bunch of notes here too because <laughs> it's another opportunity to learn from you. Um, so like uh, so uh, a lot of my clientele have physical disabilities. They might be elderly. They might have you know hip problems, joint problems, stuff like that. Uh, with this same advice, such as you know, I mean, you're talking a lot about like well-roundedness, right? like a little bit of balance and knowing yourself and knowing where, you know, where you can seek self-improvement. Um, what what kind of advice can you offer to people that have mobility issues or joint issues?
1: A hundred percent. I'd recommend them get with starting strength uh, because uh, I, I, now this is a, um, a little bit biased because I use their programming. I work with them, but it's, they're, they're not giving me this for free. Like I've been working um i've been following a lot of their methodology since i started uh getting serious about training um and uh mark ripito like he's 100% saved senior citizens okay like people that have all all of the worst uh decrepitude issues that you can think of and he's saved them from that lifestyle saved them from where they have the fear of stepping over a curb because their hip might give out And and they can fall and crack a hip and die or something to that effect. Uh, Or people where they were training with them and they're in their 80s, caught COVID. And the only reason they survived is because the excess muscle mass they have because COVID just eats away at your muscles. Um, So typically, like if people have mobility, um, strength issues, I mean, the, the the way we interact with everything around us, everything in our environment requires strength whether we want to accept it or not, sh- physical strength is the most important pursuit ever, okay? And um, because it's just it's just so incredibly useful, saves us from most of the health uh, life-threatening health issues I was talking about. Uh, the, the excess of strength will tend to draw people away from selecting us if there's some kind of criminal looking for us for his next target. The, the, you know the, the way we can play with our kids, dance with our spouse, you know, the, all these things. Strength is a, is a huge player in those things. Being attractive, um, that's one thing I, I you know, I, I, I kind of see a lot with a, a lot of men. I mean, being in the military, I've seen a lot of divorce, a lot of it. I've seen guys, you know, i got guys with wife 2.0, 3.0, some of them on 4.0, and a yeah. lot of it is a, a lot of husbands, they get lazy. And so the strength training, I mean, it, it's like I, I'm not going to have you be like me in the sense of like, you don't need to be a black belt. You don't need to be, um, you know, you don't need to be pursuing a master class in USPSA or or master firearms extractor rating. Uh, I want you to have, my job, in my opinion, is to improve your quality of life, make you happier and healthier. And so that's the way I look at things. If, uh, so I'm always relating things to pragmatic issues. So a lot of men, they come into this with like, I want to protect my wife. But it's like, all right, cool. But have you bought her flowers recently? Have you, you know, asked her these questions? Have you said you loved her recently? You know what I mean? Like there, there's just, there's so many bigger issues that like you can be the biggest, baddest dude in the room. But if you're alone, none of this shit matters, you know? Yeah, None of it matters. So, so yeah, my, my focus is a little bit different. I, I use this, this is like, this is to add to your lifestyle, to improve your quality of life. And and I think all those things matter. I, I've seen guys like every every uh, a self elimination that I've seen from from the from the from the land of the living with with men has has come from dealing with money and women, and, and those two things are kind of issues, right? And usually stemming from a divorce. Um. So so those, so I'm very really passionate about those things, and I think this stuff I can lead into helping guys in, in that way. In, in, a, in, a, in a deeper, more meaningful way, other than just like, let me show you how to put routes target. Like I can do that too, but let me remind you like why you're doing this also. Like let's, let's, let's not forget of what matters most. You know, so to answer your question.
0: <laughs> Such a better answer than what I was looking for. But uh, <laughs> like, that's a message that really needs to get out more. You know what I mean? Like we, we need to hear about that more. Like I'm in so many different Facebook groups where, you know, it's just guns, 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 you know what I mean? And like, uh, I'm, I'm in that boat too. Like I'm finding myself like, okay, I've devoted so much time and energy and effort into guns because, you know, I just enjoy it. Yeah. It's just a fun thing to do, you know, but I mean, instead of running my Glock every once in a while, I need to run some miles. I need to get out there and, you know, <laughs> run a couple of miles around the block really. Hey, Instead why, of running
1: why not take your lady for a walk?
0: We've been doing a lot of that lately, yeah. It's and that, been really that's fun.
1: great, man. That, that long, that low, slow intensity of, of walking that does a lot to, like, you know, uh, get that's what a lot of body, a lot of bodybuilders do that when they want to cut that, like, get down below that 10%. They just walk,
0: yeah. Solid and, state cardio, yeah. So, um, so that's really great stuff starting strength I've, of course I wrote that down I'm on my second page of notes already like uh, <laughs> so um, I think a lot of what people are really looking for though is particularly in a connection to like this podcast and the reasons why they come to see us is um you know protecting themselves from criminal violence um, and I, I think it really comes down to knowing two things like knowing, uh what skill looks like and actually knowing what the problem looks like. What does the problem look like? What does the solution look like? Yeah. Um, what is your process as far as like understanding how these problems look? Like how does this dude get into the crap that he's in to where the only way to dig himself out of it is a gun? Like how yeah, how do how do how do you research these issues? Like how do you research these violent encounters?
1: I mean like like again, right. Social media is, is kind of open source Intel on that stuff. You can see a lot of what's going on. You can see, you can see a lot of, um, how street fights have evolved. Like, you know, we have, we have two, three generations of kids that have grown up watching MMA. So now you're seeing street fights where people are head kicking. People are, are going for takedowns. People are body slamming, uh, pushing up against walls, pinning arms. Um, so the idea of the, the dumb bad guy, like, man, uh, you know, I, I, I remember hearing that a long time ago in the early stages of the GY that the dumb bad guy, like that guy was killed like the first two, three years of the invasion. Like now whoever's around, those guys are smart and they're crafty. And, and look what happened. We, the America, the biggest, baddest, most destructive fighting force ever produced by human beings. We lost to, to third world nation. Right. And, um, so I, I, I don't, so that's the first thing is like, I'm going to reiterate to people that there's no such thing as, as a dumb, bad guy with the current state of technology and all the information that's available to us. And those guys are committed. That's how they eat. They they are committed to successful crimes and they are studying. They're thinking about the type of situations they're going to work. And they're, they're getting, you know, criminals, they're, they're getting OJT on a regular basis and they're yeah. getting, and they they're improving and refining their methods every single time, so they are smarter at this and better at this than we are, and, and they're gonna and they're also gonna choose the day. So, so the first thing I'm gonna tell people is like you're gonna want to have some type of use your language to where you can manage your distance. Okay, um, you don't necessarily have to like be, I, I guess, anxious, so to speak. Um, you, you don't have to be screaming at everybody who comes within three feet three feet of you there's a there's a, a practical approach and, and a practical way to talk about that uh but it's like just kind of refining things just as much where it's like instead of meeting a stranger and like uh, and someone's like hey you know they're calling at you and you say hey all right how can I help you and drawing them into your space you'd be like hey can you just stay right there what do you uh, like uh you know hey uh what do you need you know what I mean or just something to that effect yeah. and, and a lot of this these concepts you see in uh training with like Craig Douglas with his, uh, his managing unknown contacts. Um, I I don't focus a big, a great deal on scenario based training um, because there's a a lot of people out there doing that. A lot of what people come for me is like, um, usually they're, they're fairly good at understanding appropriate use of force. If not, I I reiterate that, but um, they kind of want to know the skills. And I, and what I do is give them a process to work on so that way they can develop their skills over time. Um, So my coursework isn't necessarily designed to be a, an outcome approach. It's more designed to be a process driven. It's like, I give people a set of drills and things to work on and give them an understanding of self-awareness as far as their own limitations. I, I don't like, like accuracy at speed. That means they're together. These two things are not competing ideals. You have to do them together and you have to learn how to do them together. And maybe, you know, your accuracy is different than mine. You know, maybe, you know, you've been shooting IDPA and, and, and I'm, I'm new to this. So your, your accuracy at speed is different than what mine is, but that doesn't mean I can't get to where you're at. And I'm not doing that to necessarily compete with you because once I get to where you're at, I'm going to be where you've been. So, in, in that sense, it's like, look, this is, this is how to refine yourself. And I want to put people on a constant process of repetition and refinement. And I and I don't just stop talking to people after the coursework. I'm fairly easy to get a hold of. You know, I give people my, my cell and my email, and they, they can find me on social media if, if need be. So I, I kind of maintain contact. I keep kind of loose tabs on people to see where they're at, um, and th- that's that's my approach. So like the first course I'm going to deal with is just safe, effective use of a handgun. At uh, zero to twenty-five yards is the first half of the day. Second half of the day is is at, at retention distance. So you're zero to five, um, and also using the uh, so modern retention shooting or, or or using the thumb pectoral index, using the arm for uh, fending, and and also explaining that and like hey this is the the technique. This is the technique in uh, without the context of how it's used. So then we have the second level, which is. Um, which is our, our other combative course where people start to learn about clinch fighting. And, and then the third one, which is a ground combatives course, where it's like now your, your has failed and now you're pinned, whether it's up against a wall or on the ground. And I, I've done it that way to, if I need to do it over two days, I can. Uh, but typically I, you know, I I'm new in the world. People don't know me. They need to, uh, they need to kind of figure out my ideals and, and know who I am and my training methods before they sign up for two days and most people don't have two days of, of, of money to spend. So I've broken yeah. it up into three eight-hour courses so that way people can get something. And whether you're taking uh, the pistol class or the ground class, all of it kind of works because I kind of review the stuff, uh, the material from the pre- from the other courses in, in each one. So that way nothing seems like totally out of place. And that so that way somebody who has zero training can still get a lot out of it. And they're still coming away with the training methods or and a baseline of understanding of, of the overall strategy to be successful in a fight. Because one of the issues that I have with a lot of uh, the people who want to do kinetic applications, so, which is your shooters and your fighters, is that winning for us looks different. Winning looks like going home peacefully. So if I make somebody bleed out, but I go to jail forever. I've lost, I've lost because again, what matters to me is protecting my family and being my family or or just kind of living life peacefully. Um, so those are the things that like I reiterate to people and we try to focus on like winning looks like walking away without any charges and looking and, and also surviving. So it's not just winning the fight in the sense of beating your opponent down, but it looks like going home, going back to living life peacefully.
0: Absolutely. That's the goal. That's always going to be the goal. And if I could do that without a shot being fired or a punch being thrown, man, that's perfect. You know? So man, great stuff, man. I am really just like, I I'm glad that there are folks out there like John Valentine that, you know, that, you know, can, can help folks, you know, just get the skills that they need build the confidence and build, build a defensive plan. I think that stuff is really incredibly important. So Tom Givens, like uh, I remember back to his class, he uh, he said that there just are not enough competent instructors out there for everybody that needs it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and it's like I got the impression that you know at first I was like, well, how can I contribute to this space? But now it's like we can't help but to contribute to it. We need more.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I' just um yeah I, I don't I don't know like I, I'm not a, a you know, like I was in the army but like I was never a high-speed door kicker but i I'm, I'm drawn to these things these things like that they, they call to me and uh, mm-hmm. looking at that you know I, I feel like there's a there's an obligation like when you when you have a skill um that that people need especially the the innocent the defenseless the weak um, and you can help them I, I think it, it you almost have a responsibility to to deliver it and um, and also to to be to be upfront there there are a lot of people out there who they're in it for the money they're not really in it for the people they're in it for themselves and <clears throat> that's unfortunate but true uh, I don't dwell on that but it but it is it is a fact so uh you know I, I try to be at least control what I can at least deliberate, you know, do what I can to be one of the person that is, um, being genuine, being authentic and, and making it about, um, making it about the student, making it about the patron, making it about their time and their specific problems. Um, you know, I, I, that's, that's really my focus. And I, I feel like, uh, there's, Like it's funny when like there's like instructors competing. It's like there's like literally no competition. Like literally there's none. I I don't. I I think (laughs) it's it's just so wide open because it's like it's, um, yeah. To to be, uh, you know, like look at us, man. Like we're how like we're of the one percent of one percent by just taking a pistol class and then like going on with that and going into training for instructor level training it's like, I don't know, like what's, what's the margin on that? Like the, the hundredth of a percent, like, I don't even know. So um, yeah. Like uh, the, the the rule, the norm is like, man, there, there's just so many people out there and um, yeah, there, there's, there's plenty of room. I, I don't, I, and I think, yeah, we have an obligation to do the right thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree, man. So uh, so I know you got some stuff coming down the pipe. Um, if you can let me know about like, uh, like what what's next for John Valentine? What's next for the Combatist Association?
1: Yeah. Um, so I've been working on a kind of a, a members only website for, for the association because um, it's not for everybody. It's not. And, and I'm okay with that. I, I think uh, um, this is, some, some instructors, they want to serve everybody. And um, I know a lot of people have had their issues with, with like James Yeager, but I, I th- he, you know, he, he talked about, we, we discussed this. He was like one of the first people I talked to when I first got into this. And he was like, look, not everybody deserves my training. And, and I don't, I don't necessarily feel that way, but I don't think that I don't think I want to serve everybody. I I think people have their own agenda, what they're trying to get out of training. And I don't think necessarily like I'm the right guy for them. So I'm, I'm appealing to like, like it's, it's very easy to find a class where you're going to get an outcome. It's very difficult to find a class that's going to give you a process. And those are even more difficult to sell for, for instance, like the, the range master instructor course. I mean, how, like we walked away with with the manual for each class, a manual of arms for each class that had a whole bunch of other manuals to go. Like I don't know, something like twenty books in each each thing. Um, and you know, and you you're you're talking to Tom, and he's giving you three hundred years of firearms training in his mind over the course of five days. You know, the, the, with the totality of the of the instructor development program. Um, And and that's a very that appeals to a very, very specific type of person. So so um so yeah, though I'm I'm trying to appeal to a very specific type of person who is who wants to take this and make it like their martial art. And not everybody wants that, and that's fine. So I just you know, I'm I'm not the right guy for them. Um so and um so i'm looking at that the members only site for for the association where we could talk about best practices as well because um students will enroll in a course that'll cost something like five six seven nine hundred bucks or something like that and they're doing things that are just egregiously unsafe uh like fighting over fighting each other grappling on the gun range with live loaded firearms and, you know, like in my world, that's a complete no go. Like that is absolutely no. If I see if I tell people like, look, it's like, hey, what are the signs that say you should walk out of a course? That's number one. Um, And and, and um, but my main mission with that is to bridge the gap between the dojo and the gun range, because it's like these two live in two uh, separate worlds and two separate boxes where like the, the mat room guys don't want to go on the gun range because for one reason or, or, or the other, and then the, the gun range guys won't go in the mat room. And, and I, I think those two are complementary to each other. This the same way. Uh, uh there's a complement of relationship between uh, a husband and a wife. So I, I think, um, so, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you got to do both, but at least finding, courses that can teach you how to integrate those things and give you an overall strategy and then helping others produce courses that can do that. I, I think that that's, I feel like that's kind of where I'm going. Um, and, um, coming together with, Oh my goodness. Like the summit instructors are pretty much every thought leader in combative since the early eighties with like Kelly McCann, Craig Douglas, Matt, Jerry, I mean, um, uh, you know, I, George Bristol from the Marine Corps martial arts program was supposed to come, but unfortunately he got into a, you know, he, he got into a, uh, an accident, but so, so imagine that. And, uh, so these are like my mentors. So that's incredibly large shoes to fill. And, uh, and I, so, yeah, I, so, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to aim for aim, they aim big pretty much. And that's where we're working on with the association. And then as far as events goes, I mean, the main event that I'm pushing is the, uh, lift shoot fight event, where it's like over the weekend, you're going to learn your four compound lifts, uh, taught by, uh, Nick Delgadillo starting strength, you're going to learn some basics of concealed carry, and then you're going to learn how to integrate them. So, and it's like, if you do that one class, uh, you, are going to walk away with enough stuff to work on for the rest of the year, you know, and you're going to and like by the end of the year. <clears throat> excuse me six months of just you know 15 minutes of dry fire um you know you, you sign up the your dojo you're doing you know three hours a week of training then three hours a week of uh, of barbell strength training six months you're going to be a different person you'll be a really really different person um so that's kind of the the main course that's kind of the, the the passion project right now that and then of course the uh the second combative summit so that that's where i'm that's where my my future is right now
0: That sounds really exciting, really freaking exciting. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. So it's gonna be really. All right. So um, we're kind of running out of time, and then also my kids kind of throwing a fit back there. So I got to see to (laughs) it. Gotta give my wife some backup over here. But um, before I get out of here, um, how can folks get a hold of you? Where can they find you?
1: Um, I'm I'm easy to find. Just uh, look up anywhere John Valentine Combatives, and you'll find me on YouTube, Twitter. Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn if you're a you know business owner or something like that. So you're looking for consultation as well. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm easy to find. And I'm also approachable guys. So like if you got questions, I'll I'll uh you know, I'll I'll get on there with you. But I'm gonna hold you accountable, right? Don't be asking me your questions and then expecting expecting me not to follow up because it, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to it.
0: I can personally vouch for that like personally like you know he is extremely approachable he's helped me with a bunch of stuff especially lately so it's really been quite cool so john thanks so much for coming on dude i really appreciate this i'm gonna get these links right here and they're gonna be in the show notes for the description um that way folks can get a hold of you but man thanks a bunch
1: yeah man thank you
0: and folks if uh if you're watching or if you're listening i just want to say thanks a bunch for spending your time with us Uh, You could have spent it with your family or earning some extra cash, but you're spending it with us and we do appreciate it. We just want to say thanks. Folks, welcome to Memphis.